Alrighty guys, another episode here of The Hunting Photographer, and I'm going to be rolling this one solo. I just got LASIK surgery yesterday, uh, yesterday morning. It's been a little over 24 hours, and man, I'm glad I did it. I already have my 20-20 vision in my right eye and my left eye. It's almost there. It's supposed to take about a week to to heal to where you should be able to kind of get a feeling for what your vision should be, and then three to six months before everything's like fully settled in and healed. But man, uh, if any of you guys wear contacts or glasses and you're like late twenties, early thirties, you're sick of them. You've had stable vision. I would look into it. I think it's worth it. Hands down. I mean, in the last year, I've just really noticed a lot of the little things that come with wearing contacts in the mountains and trying to look through cameras and spotting scopes and binoculars and, and be on your a game all the time and i was just like man i just need to get rid of the contacts um really never wore glasses because i hated those and just just pony up get the lasik surgery done and so i'm glad i did um pretty excited about it so today i'm just kind of resting trying not to do anything too crazy not overuse my eyes um and so I posted up a little Q&A on the Instagram page, and I'm going to answer a few questions that you guys had. I would say uh, for those of you that are following us on Instagram, when we do post up these Q&As, I would, I would try to take advantage of them. Uh, this is a pretty good chance to get a question of yours answered in pretty, pretty solid detail. We get quite a few questions that are pretty baseline, pretty basic. Um, try to be thoughtful when you guys ask these questions. You know, I've heard it a million times. What camera should I get? Yada, yada, yada. That stuff isn't really what dictates your success. It's, it's some of the deeper questions and issues. So um, let's dive in. I'll just start tackling some of these. You know, here we go. For example, um, what gear should you put money into? Camera, lenses, etc. And I think... You know, this is probably a very common question when you start, and it's an exciting thing to get uh, get into and start researching cameras and lenses, and you probably don't have a lot of gear yet, and and you're excited to get new gear, and you think that, you know, this decision, which it may be a big decision financially, is going to really set the course of my photography career and allow me to either progress much quicker or much slower, and I really don't think that's the case at all. Um just remember that your camera is a tool. Technology is constantly changing super fast. So, you know, I just, I bought a new camera. I bought a Sony recently, and I bet I spent four hours researching before I pulled the trigger and bought it and purchased a couple lenses probably within two hours of total research. So get on Google and, and try to make those decisions on your own. The camera and the lenses, it's literally just a tool. Your eyeball, your brain should see the photograph. And you're literally picking up a camera and a lens that captures your vision. So when it comes to filming or photographing hunts, just try to determine what photographs you'd want to take or what your style kind of lends itself to as far as photography. And then, you know, pick the right tool. And you're going to go through many different camera bodies and many different lenses and they all have their pros and cons and allow you to do different things with the camera. And I would just start, start, just dive in, get a camera and start shooting it. 
uh, using it, taking photos and go from there and don't get too hung up on, on gear. Um, another question we got here is where's the future of outdoor media going? And, uh, I think, man, outdoor media has so much room for growth. And this is something I was thinking about the other day, as far as, you know, where I get my own personal inspiration from and, and there, there definitely are a few guys out there that I respect and think do some very high quality work that I appreciate seeing. But as far as getting inspired, man, I draw my inspiration entirely outside of the hunting space. I think that the majority, the, the high majority of the hunting industry is locked in like a very stagnant creative space where it's super linear, like, hey, just got, you know, leaving my house, uh, putting gas in my truck, heading to my spot, hiking in, see the animal, shoot the animal, went home, you know, like, or or just copying other ideas and concepts within the hunting industry. I mean, we look at the day-by-day series, which was nothing new, you know, somebody in the hunting industry started that, and you know, everyone thought it was the hot thing. So they're just going to do that. Like that is the least creative thing to do is to just instantly copy someone else's craft. Um, and so I think the hunting industry has a lot of room for creativity for like unique vision. And I think, you know, it might sound very like artsy fartsy, but like photography and film and content, it's art. You know, art is literally just you expressing expressing a vision that you have. Um, sometimes you get to do it with a, with a photograph, a film, a drawing, a painting, words, whatever it is. It's literally your expression that you get to share with someone. And you get to dictate how that person consumes it. And you hope to maybe evoke a certain reaction. Or maybe you just leave it up to the viewer's discretion of, of what it means to them. But... I think a lot of guys starting out, they just want to imitate. Um, and that works only so long. Um, you know, I fight this a lot because I, I do a lot of film work. And in films, you know, at the end of the day, you're just trying to tell a story, which which is the same thing in, in photography, but different medium, different way that people consume it and, like, get a feeling from video versus photography in, in most cases. And so the biggest thing that I try to pull from videos or films that I think are inspirational is getting in the filmmakers mindset of why they told the story the way they did. Because at the end of the day, as a creative, the better you can tell your own story and, and communicate your own vision, just the better you'll be as an artist, as a, as a creative, as a photographer, a filmer, um, whatever it is. And that ultimately will lead to your success in whatever field it is you choose. And so, um, you know, when you're starting out, it might seem like there's a lot of good guys out there doing stuff. Maybe the industry is saturated, but I think there's going to be so much room for growth within the industry because video content needs are exponentially growing. I mean, every single piece of screen real estate has video on it. And uh, society is just exponentially using their phones more and more. And the way that, 
you know, products and services are marketed and advertised, video is a huge component of that. Um, I think for those of you that want to want to creatively look at how content captivates a viewer and works for a brand, as far as, you know, achieving their goals of either selling a product, raising brand awareness, whatever it is, man, the sky is really the limit. And, um, you know, I'm excited for there to be some, some new faces on the scene that hopefully will take some of the media direction in, in some new, unique, and creative ways. I mean, if you look at, you know, a lot of the places I find inspiration is like skateboarding, skiing, snowboarding, you know, wakeboarding, fashion even, you know, like street culture. There's so many creative there's so many creative minds in those fields that do things that break the mold in so many different ways that I honestly hope that more of that can come through in the hunting space. Um let's see. Another question is uh <laughs> health insurance prices scares me the most when wanting to be self employed. Thoughts. Um man, I think that yeah, health insurance can be expensive you definitely can shop around and make that an affordable thing. Um, anyone that's self-employed has to, to overcome that battle. And that's just an expense of your business that you got to try to account for. And I mean, there's hundreds, hundreds of thousands of small business owners that all have figured that out. So, you know, if, if health insurance prices are what scares you most, I don't know if you're either really set up for success because everything else is figured out or you're going to fail miserably because that's what you're hung up on. But just remember, there's a lot of costs to doing business. That's one of them. And, you know, we talk about this in our online course and mentorship is just calculating what those expenses are, calculating how much money you, you want to or need to make in a year and what is the breakdown on that in a monthly basis or per project basis? How many projects do you need to do? You know, all those things are, are part of the process of starting your own business. Um, and I'd say when you're young, you know, I always had just health insurance that, that didn't allow me much coverage unless I needed to do some kind of major surgery. You know, like I basically just banked on my, my yearly, my max out of pocket that was really all I cared about because I didn't need prescriptions. I didn't need to go in and see the doctor ever. You know, it was like if, if I blew a knee out, if I got in a car accident, um, I would make sure that I'm not entirely out on a deal like that. Um, another person asked, uh, some ways to get content seen by many besides just tagging companies and hoping they'll notice. Um, I think that tagging companies and hoping they'll notice is, is probably one of the worst things you can do, at least in my opinion. I've done it before. Uh, that's not the way that you really want to start a relationship with a company, in my opinion. It definitely can happen that way. I always think it feels very spammy and trashy when I get tagged in things that I'm not directly related to. Um, now... Let's say you just really like Stone Glacier products, which is where I work, and you hunted all season in them, got some great clips, made a cool video that kind of played up maybe some of the products you used. 
that would be a fair place to tag Stone Glacier. But to tag 57 brands in there to hope someone sees you and likes you and wants to work with you is definitely not the right route. Um, honestly, I mean, if you think about it in any industry, if you are good at what you do, people will find out about it. People will recognize it. And, you know, I know that at the beginning, that notoriety, that recognition is a, is a big part of it. But I think, you know, most people with their heads on straight eventually could care less if anyone knows that they're a great photographer. You know, I mean, that that's not why many of us started this was to be known. You know, it was to share something else with other people. So um, I would stay grounded in that regard and stay true to yourself because the second that you start making adaptations to your work to get eyeballs or to satisfy the masses, that's immediately when you lose all creativity and and kind of that self-style, which at the end of the day, style is what sets you apart. Style and personality is what allows people to be, you know, massive in their following or in their work and their craft because it's unique. And so, um, stick to your, stick to your gun, stick to what you like, do it well. And the views and the followers and the recognition and the brands and all that stuff will follow. It's, it's a long process. Um, again, another one kind of along the lines of style here, it's, uh, how do you establish your own personal style? Is it the way you shoot, the way you edit? Is it both? Um, this person says that they're struggling with that. And it, he says that it seems like a lot of guys have a specific mood throughout their Instagram page. Um, I, I, I understand where this uh, individual is coming from because some of the more established photographers or content creators they've been doing it long enough that they do have a style or they've created a style for themselves and some of that comes through in their their personal instagram page which is generally where most people are spending time if they're photographers and filmmakers um i think honestly you should do whatever the hell you want to do um i've been in that same place where i thought about Oh, what colors am I using in my post? How does my post appear when someone first shows up to my page? And and I personally think that that's a, the wrong mindset to have. I've had it. And fortunately, I've gotten out of that. At this point, I post wherever the hell I feel like. You know, it's my platform to share things that I like, that I want to share with you guys or, you know, have an impact in some way. And that can totally be curated or that can be totally off the cuff for me right now. It's just off the cuff. Um, you know, if, if you're first, you know, getting your start curating, that might not be a bad idea. It, it does show that you're able to have like a cohesive vision over the course of, of time of multiple posts and projects and stuff like that. But, you know, I think once you're established in your space, uh, for me, at least, that kind of goes out the window. I'll, I'll just post whatever I want, whenever I want it, however I want to. And I think people appreciate that and they value that. And I've always 
built my brand and my businesses off of things that I like. And it's seemed to work for me so far. And, you know, if you look outside of other industries, it, it just works in general. Um, let's see. We got another one here. Best advice for creating original shots. Um, well, I guess you'd have to define what an original shot is. Um, I'm assuming that this person is, is talking about a shot that hasn't been created a thousand times. Um, you know, we've seen most of the angles you can shoot on a grip and grin. I think there's a very, very large number of hunting photographs that have yet to be shot or ideas that have yet to be executed. I think the best advice for creating original shots, you know, at least starting out, maybe before you've really developed your own personal style is to be conscious of what's being put out there and try to figure out like what hasn't been done. And oftentimes the things that haven't been done uh, have two common components. And one of those is, is hard work. A lot of the original shots are, are hard to get. Otherwise, everybody would be getting them. Um, so that could mean location. That could mean planning. That could mean you need an animal in the frame. That could mean a lot of things. Um, I think the second component of original shot is, is having a vision for it and pre-planning that shot. You know, if you think of a very unique shot, there has to be certain settings or characteristics that all align to make that shot work. So you might have to go location scout. You might have to find the right subject. There might be a right time of year. It's probably going to involve some planning. <clears throat> as you get better as a photographer, sometimes you're just going to be out in the field and see an original shot, pull your camera up and take it. Um, and the more that you develop your eye and develop your skill set, the chances are that your work's going to feel more and more original and less, less prey and spray or copying quality shots that other people have shot. So, you know, um, I think regardless of where you're at in your stage of your photography, your film career, um, hard work and pre the pre-production side of things, the planning, the having a vision, definitely always will result in a better end product. Oh, what else do we got going on in here? Um, one thing that I think I would encourage a lot of you to do, considering it's the beginning of the year, and those of you that have been shooting for a while might be out there looking for clients, for projects, for jobs, is to really think about how you approach brands. And um, this actually reminds me, uh, a guy had a question that he, he had to message over to us because it was too long. Um, but it, he said it seems like the common theme is you have to already have connections and know people if you aren't connected, you won't get jobs or people won't take you seriously. And, um, I mean, I, I think 
to some extent that's correct and others it's not. I mean, anytime you're going to land a job with someone, you're going to have to create a relationship with them that right there. Uh, knowing people might help that process, but I mean, I would be confident that if tomorrow I was like, I want to go land a client in the ski snowboard industry, I could absolutely in the next month find somebody that would hire me to go shoot those photos. And this, this comes back to what I was talking about as far as trying to land jobs and get clients and, and all this. It's at least the things that I look for is when you first would approach me is, are you a hard worker and are you experienced with the camera? And that should very quickly come through in a portfolio of images, or maybe you only send five images attached to an email or, or one image in an Instagram message, however you wanted to approach that. I have to vet the fact that you can use a camera well, because if, if someone's going to pay you and it's, it's um, maybe at a little higher level than just, you know, 50 bucks for a few photos or something. Um, at a higher level, there has to be some trust that you can create valuable images. So however you need to convey that, that's a key element. The second element is, is being able to communicate well and engage and start a conversation with someone because regardless of who you're going to work for, there's going to be a conversation that's going to need to occur before they agree to pay you anything. So being able to communicate with someone is key. Again, we talk about this in the course of trying to find ways to find the right people to reach out to, to learn things about those people so that you have some talking points with them or a commonality that you share. Again, these are just human relationships. You know, if you're down at the gas station, you're a huge Packers fan, you're waiting in line and the dude in front of you has a Packers jersey on, it's going to be a lot easier probably to start a conversation with that guy than, you know, some other person in line. And and so those are kind of the first two things. And then the third is really understanding the person that you're trying to work for and being able to communicate to them why they should hire you why you bring valuable to their value to their brand like i have been working for stone glacier for a little over a year now managing all of our content and managing our photographers vetting potential partners and projects and all of that and to be totally honest i still have yet to get one very solid proposal from someone I don't know someone saying hey my name's Carl uh here's my portfolio I love taking photos of xyz blah 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 this is a short blip about me I'm awesome I love Stone Glacier here's 10 reasons why if you hired me to go on a shoot I could provide value and if you didn't have a shoot lined up, here's a couple projects that I think could be valuable. Like the dude put the thought in to like make my job easier. You know, like nobody's done that. Uh, and it blows me away um, because that just means that 
there's not a ton of people out there doing it well, reaching out to many of these brands. And that's how you get work. You know, if you don't have a strong relationship with someone, it's just coming to the table and acting like a professional straight from the start. And honestly, you don't need a ton of experience to do that. It just takes some time to research and to learn what looking like a professional looks like. And honestly, that's why we created the hunting photographer course online and provide mentorship, um, both from myself and Stephen Drake, is so that you guys can have all of the tools to immediately start getting jobs as soon as you've developed a skill set with your camera. Because some of that stuff can be frustrating and you're not gonna you're not gonna bat a hundred percent regardless of who you are, or how skilled you are, and you're not gonna bat a hundred percent on approaching a brand in the right way. Um, but there's a lot of things that you can do to set yourself up for success and be more successful because sometimes you might just fall flat on your face. You thought it was a good idea to approach a brand or a person this way and it doesn't work. And now, you know, either that brand is eliminated from the pool of options for you to work for, or it's on a very delayed timeline. You know, it might be a year or two before you can write the ship and get a crack at working with them again. And so, you know, just just viewing photography as a business and taking time to be introspective of why you're doing it, what a relationship with this potential client or this potential brand looks like, and, and putting yourself on the other side of the fence in that other person's shoes and saying, why do I want to hire Carl? Why do I want to hire Claudia? Why do I want to hire Mark? Whoever it is, you know? And, um, yeah, I would say, again, we preach this in the course, is, is once you get work, man, deliver 110% every time. Because uh, at least, you know, in in my position and many of the people that I know in the industry that share similar positions, those that constantly strive to go above and beyond, to be creative, to bring ideas to the table, whether we decide to use them or not are the ones that are constantly growing in their role with us and you know the bench players is kind of what I like to call them the guys that that come in or gals that that come in they don't play a lot of minutes they don't play exceptionally well but they aren't terrible either those people are pretty stagnant in in kind of where they're at and um you got to have that killer instinct and so um, some people are, are inherently born with it and, and other people aren't. But regardless of your natural ability, you can definitely develop it. So hopefully some of this stuff will inspire you guys and help you out as you're starting off another year. Um, I can't believe it's already almost February. Um, many brands are already finalizing budgets, if not, you know, in December and January, early January. So if you're eager to work with someone, I'd be putting in a lot of hours right now to have that discussion. I would be focusing on planning your entire year out and trying to align all the puzzle pieces. And 
you won't get it all figured out, but it's going to get the wheels spinning. It's going to get the ball rolling and all those little things just add and build momentum that leads to something bigger. So, um, yeah, I wish everybody the best this year. Hopefully, um, Drake and I will get together on some more podcasts. He's going to be back here in about a week or so. He's been on, uh, his winter tour down South. So yeah, hopefully he'll have some little nuggets of insight when he gets back and we'll be sure to do some more podcasts. Um, be sure to follow us on the hunting photographer, um, on Instagram. It's actually at the hunting photog. And if you're interested in the course, shoot myself or Drake a message. We're happy to answer questions. The website is the hunting and it outlines everything right there. And, um, you can start at any time. We built the course online so that you can learn at your own pace. You can learn from a coffee shop, from your house, from 20 different states, you know, if you're always on the road, whatever. Um, and I think, you know, if you guys take the time to look at the success from, from some of our past students, um, there's just a ton of value in there. And, um, yeah, we will be catching you guys again here soon.